0: Well, as we begin, I want to pray for us. I also want to um, add a prayer for uh, the people of Israel. Last weekend I was out, um, I wasn't here, and then reports were starting to come in about this terrorist attack, and then as, as early in the week to start to see some of these images and videos, just, uh, just sheer evil, just things uh, just completely heartbreaking to see this kind of, uh, these kind of atrocities being committed in our world, and in, again in our world, is there's there's violence and there's uh, injustice all the time. But you see things like this, and you're just reminded how um, how real evil can be. So we're gonna uh, just, we're, and we're considering God's healing today for us, but also for uh, for our world, and our world needs it so desperately. So let us pray as we begin. So Father, um, we do. Uh, we pray for the people of Israel. We um, pray for the the demise of uh, terror groups and, and all those who would hold to uh, these kind of ideologies that have uh, disregard for uh, human life. And um, Lord, where there is evil, just may it, um, may it be defeated. And Lord, we pray for ourselves. We, we pray for healing for people everywhere, but we, we also need your touch today. And we're here, and we know that, even in the midst of a broken world, that you are indeed still a good God and that you are indeed still at work in this world. And so we just pray that you would shine light in the darkness everywhere and in our lives, especially in this time. So help us to be alert to your spirit. We thank you that you are with us. And we pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, here in our text, we have a miraculous healing. We have Jesus um, at, at this uh, pool called Bethesda, and people would go there uh, seeking healing, including this man who had been crippled for many years. And uh, it was it was a place that was thought to have healing waters. That if you the, the water would become stirred up somehow, there were thoughts that maybe this was an angelic stirring of the water or it was some kind of spiritual force, but if you could get into that stirred-up water, that, that healing might be there. And so um, in the ancient world, there was all kinds of places like this, like places that were thought to have special sort of sacred or magical power. And in the West, we don't have kind of that, that level of superstition, but there's certainly lots of places in the world where you see this kind of these kind of sacred places where people seek miraculous, uh, supernatural kind of uh, encounter or healing or guidance. Uh, so this summer, I went to Medjugorje in um, Medjugorje in Bosnia-Herzegovina. Has anybody ever been there? So, okay, so it's a really interesting place. It was, a, it was a place that was known where, back in the 80s, there was a group of children, and there was this purported vision. They're having uh, visions of the apparition of Mary, and that they, they were getting messages from Mary on a couple of occasions. And then since then, there's been some... Uh, reports of these kind of miraculous or um, appearances and, and guidance and messages and things. And so church leaders have investigated this and has kind of mixed thoughts about it. I don't believe in this type of thing, or, although I do think that there's spiritual stuff going on there that people are encountering. Um, but it's a really... So we went to go just visit and see what this place was like. Fascinating place. Huge outdoor... Uh, cathedral where they have big uh, youth rallies and worship and they hold outdoor mass out there. And uh, they get a 100,000 visitors every year to go see this. And this is like special statues of Mary and things. And people were hiking up. The, the place where these original visions were reported to have occurred were up on a hill and it was, it was blazing hot that day and really rocky. People were hiking up barefoot to show their devotion. People were kneeling and praying. But people were definitely seeking healing. And they warned us ahead of time which I'm glad they did that you're going to see people who are very sick you're going to see children with severe disabilities and um, just just uh, you know uh, with deep special needs and that people will bring their children there seeking that maybe healing uh, could come and so they're just desperate for that and they go to these sort of special places and so um, this is the People today, you know, still try to do this kind of thing, just like this man at this pool with these so-called healing waters there um, in the day of Jesus. But, you know, for us, you know, people may not, people in our community, locally here in Merrimack Valley, they don't, we we see less of this kind of superstitious kind of healing, but people seek healing in all kinds of ways. And I, I feel like most people are looking for healing in their life. It may not look that way. You know, people look good and they pursue good things and they, we live in a pretty comfortable community. Uh, we live pretty distracted lives in many ways, entertained kind of lives, and we can push away some of those things. But deep down, whether it's physical or an emotional healing or uh, really spiritual healing, people who are, are feeling the, the brokenness of a broken relationship with God, um, that you, know, you see the results of it in our world. Clearly, you know, people, you know, huge waiting list to, to go see a counselor or a therapist. and uh, So many people struggling with depression or anxiety or, um, you know, divorce rates and addiction rates and all these kind of signs of uh, broken relationships and, and brokenness of our, of our world. These things are very high in our world. So deep down, we all need healing. We need it. People we love need it. And uh, what we're going to see today is that Jesus heals. And we're also going to see that Jesus heals ultimately and that Jesus heals continually. And that's what I want to look at today. So here we have Jesus, and he goes to this man who's been crippled, and he asks him this question, Do you want to get well? Kind of a stupid question, right? He's been crippled his whole life, and he's sitting at a place that's known for its healing. Clearly, he wants to get well. And yet, when Jesus asks the question, it's, it's, it's... Digging a little deeper, perhaps, the obvious question, why does Jesus ask it? I think he's getting at something else. For this man and for us, when we think about healing, perhaps Jesus is saying, do you want to be healed or have you given up hope? This man, you know, so many years have gone by and his response, you know, there's nobody to help me. People are cutting in front of me. He just, you can hear the despair and maybe he's just kind of given up on life. In our day, you know, when Jesus says, do you want to be healed? You know, people get to a really dark place. There's sickness and despair that comes from that and the deep depression and what we call deaths of despair, which includes death by suicide or death by, you know, through addiction or alcoholism or these kind of things. And we see that. And Jesus is saying, do, have you given up? Do you want to get well? Because Jesus can heal. Maybe Jesus is saying something more like, do you want to get healed, or do you want to be well like that? Is this what you think is going to work? Do you think doing the same thing day after day, year after year, and you're not being healed, do you think continuing to do that every single day is actually going to heal you? And again, Jesus could come to us and see the things that we do to try to make our lives better, and things we do to find wholeness and healing in our lives. And Jesus said, do you want to keep doing that? I mean, how's that working out for you? Year after year with the same struggles and the same brokenness, do you really, do you want to be healed like that? Because there's something greater. Because Jesus can heal. Maybe Jesus is asking the question, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed or are you comfortable in this kind of pain and darkness? Maybe this man, this is just who he is. This is his identity. He's the beggar who sits by the pool, who never gets in, and that's his identity. That's his whole life. That's all he knows. And there's a certain comfort and the, just the repeated of that. And I think for us, we can get stuck in patterns of sin. In patterns of, of struggle. And we just sort of take it. Sort of kind of come comfortable with our brokenness. And we get stuck there. You know, you, you think, um, you know, even, even John in his gospel already, he's talked about how Jesus is bringing life and light into the world. And yet, some people just love darkness. They're just happy to sit in their darkness and to deny the light or turn from the light. And um, maybe that's where it is. Regardless of the condition of the heart and the, the healing, you know, the, the need for healing. Here we see that only Jesus can bring this kind of healing. And he brings it by his grace. And this is just beautiful. When I say grace, I mean a free gift. This was not earned by this man. Jesus just brought the healing to him. Jesus initiates with this man. He goes to him. He dialogues with him and just heals him. Um, There's no faith of this man that's reported. There's no acknowledgement of Jesus. They ask the man, who healed you? He has no idea who healed him. He doesn't have faith in Jesus. He doesn't even know Jesus' name. And yet he receives healing. Now there's other places, if you read through the Bible, where Jesus says things like, your faith has healed you that type of healing, where faith is involved in the healing. But there's not a one-for-one one that if you have faith, you will be healed. Even if you have faith, it's always about God's grace. And we know that's true, because this guy has no faith, and he's healed. Also, we know people of deep faith who have prayed for healing, and were not healed. So there's not always a one-for-one one that if you have faith, you will be healed. And I've heard that taught in different ways, where people will say, well, if you just had more faith, if you just had faith just right, God will heal you. And that's, that is cruel. That is not true. That we are healed by God's grace. So here's what I'd say to live this out. Well, let's seek it. Let's seek God's healing. If you seek God's he- healing in your life, physical healing, uh, whether it's an emotional thing, whatever, where, whatever you need healing, we seek God because he's the one who can bring it by his grace. You can't earn it. You can't channel it. It's it's all his grace to you. And we seek God on behalf of non-believers. It seems that God is willing to hear Jesus, willing to heal a non-believer. So if you have friends who don't know the Lord or people you love, pray for them. Seek God's healing in their life. Seek the Lord on their behalf. And it's a beautiful thing because Jesus brings the healing. But here, we also see that Jesus heals ultimately. Verse 14 It says, later, Jesus found him at the temple, the same man, and said to him, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Jesus knew that this man's greatest need was not that he would be restored to be able to walk again. Jesus knew that this man's ultimate need was for him to be healed spiritually, that he could have a healed life, a full life, an eternal life that only Jesus can bring, that he needed to turn from his sin and receive the grace of God. So not just the physical healing. And he said, you know, stop sinning, or this could get worse for you. There can be a connection between sin and sickness. In fact, I would say there's probably always a connection between sin and sickness, but it's not always a one-for-one. One, that, you know, you sin, and then you get sick, or something bad happens to you. Uh, and, and Scripture Actually, Jesus was asked that directly. We'll get to that in John chapter 9, where there was a blind man. And they said, who sinned to make this man blind? And Jesus said, if it wasn't his sin, it wasn't his parents' sin, this is something else I want to show you. So there's not always a one for one. But the reality is all illness and all brokenness in life is a result of sin. Our sin, other people's sin, the sin of a broken and fallen world where our bodies are, you know, are... Broken. There's a brokenness to the world and to our bodies. And we experience that. And ultimately, um, all these healings that Jesus does to bring healing to people's bodies, it's pointing to this greater healing of Jesus reversing that whole curse of sin and death in the world and bringing a new life to a broken world. It's po- these healings point to that because Jesus healed this guy. I hate to break it to you. So he, he got sick again. He died. I know that because he's not still walking around Jerusalem with his mat today, right? And Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. And then Lazarus goes on and dies again. Those healings, so then why even bother Jesus with this kind of healing? Jesus is doing this to show, hey, I can heal in these ways, these miraculous ways, but it's pointing to this greater healing, this abundant eternal life, to to a day when all of it, all of the curse is going to be reversed forever, There'll be no more dying, no more crying, no more sickness, sadness, or tears. And this is a little glimpse of it in these healings. So Jesus is pointing to the ultimate healing that he can bring. And, and again, this just flows from the grace of God. Remember, it's, it's God's grace that saves, that heals this man. But, and then Jesus says, now you need to change your ways. You need to stop sinning. And we often think it works backwards to that, where if we somehow can Get our lives in order and stop sinning and do the right thing enough that God's grace will flow towards me. And here we don't see that, do we? We see God's grace flowing towards the man with no faith. And it's, it's that grace that's going to propel this man to now stop sinning and change. We experience God's grace and God's grace allows us to pursue things that are truly good and truly of his kingdom. And that will truly restore and bring health and wholeness. But it's God's grace that does that. It's not our effort but his grace working itself out in the life of us who believe. And so spiritual growth is a process by which we are changed by God's grace. So this is the ultimate need. Whatever whatever you're seeking today for your own life and healing or for someone you love, your ultimate need is, is this new life and forgiveness that only he can bring. So Jesus heals, he heals ultimately, and lastly, he heals continually. Look at verse 16. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. And for this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So a little Sabbath issue here. So God's law said you shouldn't work on the Sabbath. And this man who had been crippled for 38 years, he couldn't walk, he's walking around. And what do they say? They don't say, give glory to God. Or how could this possibly be? They said, who told you to break the law? Look at you walking around with a mat. Walking around with a mat, this guy can walk it all. Their concern was they were so hyper-focused on this just very legalistic thing. Now, Sabbath is beautiful. God did command Sabbath to rest from your regular work. But what happened was, instead of, and that was a gift. Jesus said the Sabbath is a gift for people. This was made for people. So it's a good thing. But Sabbath was not meant to be so ritualistic and, and legalistic. You know, God said, you know, rest from your work on the Sabbath. But then later, the rabbis were debating these things, and they, they had, the, like, 39 categories of work that you couldn't do. You know, what constitutes work? You know, if you're getting dressed, if you put a, you know, you can't put a pin, brooch a, a little, like a pin or a brooch on your garment. You can't do that on the Sabbath, because that takes work to do. And in fact, you shouldn't have a pin anywhere, because then you might accidentally work, by moving these pins on your garment. I mean, if you had a wooden leg, could you put your wooden leg on on the Sabbath? They would debate these things. They would say, no, you can't put your wooden leg on. That's work. And how are you going to get around on the Sabbath? You know? Can I put my false teeth in on the Sabbath? No, that's work. They're literally, these are things that they debated in Jesus' day. And they had all these categories of work. And this man with his mat, who's just been miraculously healed, the grace of God at work, and all they see is a violation of God's law. And Jesus says to them later in verse, later on in verse 39, he says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Again, it's Jesus who's healing and he's healing all the time. And, and, and yet these people just got so stuck in, in this law and in, in their, their way, they just stuck in their way. And Jesus said in verse 18, he said, look, my father is always at work. God never ceases. Yes, God created, and Scripture says God rested from his creating work, but God didn't rest from his providence. He didn't rest from being God. He didn't rest from being love and loving his creation. And so here's Jesus, who never stops loving, who never uh, stops having compassion, and he heals this man miraculously. You know, Jesus talked about doing good on the Sabbath. You know, stop from your other work, but you can never stop from loving people. You can never stop from being a person of compassion. God is always at work. And here's the beautiful thing He's invited us to be part of His work in this world. Part of that work is healing. God has called us to be part of healing and restorative work in this world. Just like Jesus, this man with no friends to help him, Jesus is a friend of the friendless and he's called us to also go and to be a friend of the friendless. He's called us to to bring God's blessing with us as we go. That's why at the end of the service I always say, go and bless the world. Get out there and be part of that. Not because you're a blessing, because God has invited you to be part of his kingdom that brings healing and blessing into a broken world for individuals, for groups, and everywhere. And everywhere you go, there's those opportunities to be a blessing as we but again, it's not about you, it's about God is at work, and we just step right in line with what he's doing, open to how his spirit is prompting us to go forth and bless the world. So here's how we respond. Well, you can have two, you have two choices. In Jesus' day and in our day. Two choices. You either have to crown him or kill him. And what happens here is that these leaders say they, they end up putting him to death for this blasphemy. He's he's Not only is he violating the Sabbath, but he says he's the son of God, which makes him equal with God. This human being says that he is equal with God the Father. And that is a a crime worthy of, and he ends ends up being killed for this so-called crime. So you either crown him or kill him, but for those who received him, those who received his grace, experience that healing and that ultimate healing, they become part of the kingdom of God. And he is the king and we crown him. But you either crown him or kill him. He doesn't really leave any room for us to respond any other way. Let us be people who respond in faith and let us pray. And I just invite you to bow your head and I just want you to bring to mind as we pray, just bring to mind maybe one thing in your life where you desire healing. You might have an illness. You might have a chronic pain. You might have something like that. Bring that to mind. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's Maybe it's a struggle with depression or anxiety. Wherever you desire healing, just bring that to mind as I pray. Father God, we acknowledge that you are a God who heals. So I pray your healing power over these things that that we are thinking of. We pray for miracles because you can bring them. If it's your good pleasure, Lord, to, to heal in these ways, I pray that you would bring it abundantly today. And that we would see miracles, and that we would uh, find healing. But Lord, it all points to something greater—the great miracle of you taking a world that's broken in sin and restoring it to goodness and to perfection, uh, where you will be king, and we will be your people, and we will live uh, in that—that we will live eternally in that peace, in that shalom of, of your of your world. So, Lord, may it be. And Lord, we do pray for those who we know who are also seeking healing, who are facing the brokenness of, of life in, in different ways, Lord. And we lift them to you. And we pray miraculous healing for them as well. And I pray that if it, if it happens, Lord, then we will just that we would give you the glory that you deserve. Be glorified, Lord, in all things. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.